This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit subscribe, share this with your team, and let's join Pastor Brandon Stewart for another vital conversation for all of us who lead from the middle. Second, welcome back to season four of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited you're here today. If you lead from the middle in any shape or capacity in your local church, we created this space for you. Welcome home. So glad you're here today. You know, the other day um, I was thinking about the incredible diversity of the Leading Second tribe which is, of course, a part of the greater team church tribe uh, all across the world, really. But I was thinking a lot about our churches across North America in this season and just the diversity of experience we're having right now. You know, uh, we're in the month of May uh, here, 2021. Uh, Florida has been open with no restrictions uh, for a year, I think it is. And then just last week, I talked to friends Across Canada, you know, last week in Alberta, a pastor was arrested uh, because he violated, uh, you know, lockdown restrictions from the government. Just a crazy diversity of experiences that we have going on right now. And my heart just goes out to our tribe that that whatever you're facing and whatever your situation is, I just wanted to remind you today that God is so for you. You know, if you're like me, you, you've you signed up to build the church, to love what Jesus loves and build what Jesus is building, which is his church. And I just wanted to remind you, God loves you. He's with you. He, I, I'm personally thankful for you, all of you who have signed up to lead in a very interesting season. And I pray that these conversations on the podcast are helping you to um, stay healthy and stay strong in a very unique season, as well as, you know, regardless of our situation, we want to continue to look forward. And today's conversation is actually one where we want to continue to look forward to what's next. And as my pastor has been saying recently, lead forward. I am so excited about the future of the local church. And I just believe this season is positioning us for God's best moving forward. So I'm praying for you. We love you. If there's anything we can be doing to support you or cheer you on in this season, please reach out. Please let us know. It'd be our honor to walk with you in this season. So, hey, we have a great episode in store, a lot to get to today. But uh, before we get there, our, our first segment up is a listener question. I love this question. Wanted to bring this to you today. Let's check this out. I'm talking with Bobby from Nashville, Tennessee. Say what's up to everybody. What's up, everybody? Glad to be here. Hey, uh, so good to be talking with you today. And uh, tell us a little bit about you and and where you're coming from today. Yeah, my name's Bobby. I'm on staff at Cornerstone Church in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm the executive pastor and kind of my purview is I oversee really our, our pastoral team and the ministries of the church. It's great. And you are also a Leading Second Coaching Group alumni. If we even have that, you are one. 
That's right. I, I got the I got the badge of honor to to prove it. I've loved loved getting to know you over our over our groups and uh, love what you're doing there at the church, man. And uh, you have a question for us today. I heard. I do. Yeah. My my question today is is how can I help our team honor the past while getting past the past? We recently just had a transition mm-hmm. of senior leaders of the church and and really just kind of curious how how we can help our team move forward in this. Man. I- I love this question. How can I help our team honor the past while getting past the past? It's so good. And, and I resonate with your question. My home church in Tacoma, you know, depending on how you do the math, because there's a couple church mergers in there, but I mean, we have 40 plus, maybe 45 plus years, uh, and different leadership transitions at times and mergers in. So I get it. There's a lot of unique situations that happen out there right now. So what a great what a great question. I want to point out that first that in the leading second creed, there's a little line tucked in there that we don't talk about a lot, that a line that actually means a lot to me. It says this, I stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before me and surrendered their lives. I will do the same. I think what we all have to realize first and foremost is we are standing on the shoulders of giants. And that, that's just on principle. We, we should never, Bobby, approach ministry as entitled or owed anything. But the reason you and I have the opportunities we have is certainly because of the people who pioneered and sacrificed well before we were around. In fact, many times they did it seeing us through the eyes of their own faith. They did it for us. And so I just hope, first of all, that every leading second leader carries that DNA but then I even said it that way to show you what a great thing to teach your team. What, what, what great language to say, we, we are absolutely standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, when it comes, you know, make, make no mistake in the next couple of years, your church is going to probably make a lot of changes. New, new lead pastors get to make a lot of changes. But I think if you can, Bobby, just find some language around, um, around the past things that matter to you at a very deep level you know, level and, and share that and say it often, you'll drive it deeper into the team. They just probably need to hear someone say a version of what I just said to you. Um, or, or I'll, I'll say things like, um, like, uh, or my pastor coached me this. In, in fact, when I was younger in my twenties and early thirties, he said, Brandon, never step on the platform without first acknowledging um, the people who came before you, he said, it'll just go well for you as a young leader to do it every single time you step foot on the platform. And so I just did it. And, and I would constantly say some version of what I've said today, or I would say things I realize I'm standing on a platform I did not build. And, and that let people in our church know that I don't feel entitled to anything. So just first of all, take that as kind of a seed that all, I think all of us can carry regardless of our situation. Um, but you mentioned specifically Bobby helping your team. And and here's a thought I have for you, um, because I've walked through this with, with our own team. I've walked through this with other teams. I, I probably have four quick thoughts for you. First of all, I think it's, it's important whether it's one-on-one or whether it's in a group setting, I think it's important to sit your team down and hear what they loved about the past. Like, like ask them things like what was special to you about our church? What, what have you loved the most over the years? Like what's really meant something to you? hear that? Let, let, let them, let them bleed for a minute. You know, let them, let them share, let them share the war stories, you know, the, the funny stories, the, the, the meaningful sermons, 
the meaningful events, the guest speakers that spoke, you know, you know, whatever it would be here, what they loved, which would lead me to number two, which would be celebrate it. Like, it's like celebrate the past, tell the stories of the past. Often. I know you're probably going to change some stuff, but don't worry about that right now. Just, just celebrate it. Um, champion. It's to say, say it, what, what an awesome, you know, uh, background we come from, you know, what, what, what incredible leaders we had, uh, in this house, um, which would lead me to number three. And this is where I think the rubber, rubber really meets the road, Bobby. I think we need to help our teams grieve the past if they need to. And grief is the right word. Um, when, grief isn't just something, uh, that happens when, when someone dies in our life, grief could be the death of anything. Grief could be the death of a way of doing church that we knew or a season that we loved. And people and teams can often end up experiencing grief and not even know it. And they're trying to rush past it. Of course, grief tells us, you know, you shouldn't feel this way. Try to get out of it. And I think it's actually important, Bobby, that we lead people through grief. Say, if you're grieving, like, I want to actually help you experience that and walk through it and not avoid it so we can process it. Uh, I have seen more times than not that that point right there unlocks something in a team. It brings freedom to a team where they not only feel the past was honored, but they were able to let it go. And and by the way, don't rush a team through that. If it takes them a minute, it takes them a minute, you know, but, but walk them through. And then I would say, lastly, just really simple. I'd say, pray for your team. The Holy spirit can change hearts and change lives and can prepare hearts for the future. You know, this is not our church we're building anyways. This is Jesus church. And he is well able to prepare the hearts of our team to receive a new vision when it comes. If you'll just just lay some foundation like that, I believe that in time when new ideas come, when the lead pastor steps up to share new vision, I believe it'll be well received. The, the soil will be more prepared rather than just asking our team to, to shove it to the side and move forward, help them through a process. And I think you'll find good success with it. That's great, Brandon. I love I love this and love all the content that you guys have been putting out. Man, lo- love uh, love you guys and look forward to seeing you in person at some point in the future. God bless you guys. Yeah, you too. All right, so picking up where we began the episode with today. Today's episode is intended to be forward. Looking, The question that we're going to wrestle through on today's episode is this. What could healthy team culture look like moving forward? We are in a season where it feels like everything has changed, but yet there are some things that have remained constant and necessary and vital. And one of those is certainly the need for healthy team culture. Uh, certainly is at the top of that list. Today, I am so excited to bring you two interviews in one episode from the Life Church team. Life Church, uh, of course, pastored by Pastor Craig Grishel, has grown to be one of the most influential churches in the world. And I love this house and this team so much. And I think what I appreciate so much about their house is why. They have gained influence and leadership, their approach to ministry, their commitment to health and their generous heart have won them my respect. Uh, We have two segments for you today. And uh, the first up is an interview with Kyle Cutter, who's the central group leader of digital technology. Let's check out the first part of our Life Church conversation today. 
Well, Kyle, so good to be talking with you today. How are you doing, man? Man, doing really good. Thank you for having me on. So honored. Absolutely. I I love everything about your church, first of all. I love your pastor. And in particular, I really love and respect what you all are doing with Open Network and how you're resourcing uh, the Big C Church. I love your your church's heart behind that. So uh, I guess before we dive into you, uh, tell us a little bit about you and how long you've been on the team and your family and, and all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, so been on staff here for eight plus years. My wife is actually on staff as well. And uh, awesome. we moved up here from Houston and she's a worship pastor at one of our campuses here. And uh, so it's pretty cool to have kind of this, my role at Central, we call it Central, and then her role at a local campus here in the Oklahoma City area. And then we have three kids and uh, nine, at the, yeah, nine, seven and almost two. And so life, living through life, living through the season of parenting and doing some homeschooling and leading and all the things, but absolutely love it. I got a chance when I, when I joined the team back in 2012, it was really to help kind of the stuff we're going to talk about today was to help take that to the next level of how do we yeah. create a focused, dedicated team on serving the capital C church. So it's been an honor for the last eight plus years to just get to wake up and uh, focus on that and lead that team. Yep. And it's an honor. I, I agree with you. I, you know, kind of operate in a similar space in our world and I, I love it. It's, it's the, it's the greatest joy of my life to see churches everywhere. Um, thrive a bit more. So I remember first coming to Champion Center. I don't think I even told you this, but uh, I got a chance to uh, serve Pastor Craig. He was speaking up at one of your conferences and uh, it was like, hey, would you be available to go up there with him, support him and get to know this church? I was like, absolutely. And so I actually, being at your church, at your conference is one of the first kind of That's outside awesome. life church walls and to see another church in a totally different part of the country with the same heart, same passion, uh, Pastor Kevin. I don't know that you and I met then, but I got to meet Pastor Kevin and uh, absolutely loved it. So yeah, I don't know that I've shared with that you, but that was one of my first kind That's of outside awesome. life church walls trip was coming up to your church and your conference. That's awesome, man. Well, Hey, we were, we were destined to be friends and I, I, I'm, I'm now going to stalk you to the point to make you make sure you're my, my new BFF. Um, <laughs> Hey, tell us a little bit more about open network and your church's heart to resource the big C capital C church. Cause I just love it. I think, I think it's so rich and so good. So what, what is that? Everything you do for the church, what heart is that born out of? Yeah. So I, I go back to 2006 was a big milestone year for Life Church. Um, it was the year that we launched uh, Life Church Online, the idea of leveraging technology to go beyond our yep. walls of our church. Yep. So that was a big year. It was also the year um, kind of leading up to that where churches were starting to reach out and ask about, hey, we you have these resources, you have these messages, you have these series, you have these curriculums. We'd love to use it. How do we buy it? Where do we download it from? And at that time, we just, you know, I'm sure that staff members were, you know, sending off Dropbox links or whatever to people, but we thought, man, is there a need? And then what would be our approach to it? Yep. And the leadership of our church just came together and said, man, we have a value that says we will lead the way with irrational generosity because we believe it is more blessed to give than receive. And here's an opportunity for us to live that value out. And so 2006, we launched what, what is now open. And it was a website just to give away anything we had digitally or that we had available from our creative teams and content teams and curriculum teams to just give away and churches could go have access to it. So that's what started was let's begin to give everything away for free. And then you fast forward that now almost 15 years later, that's really just the posture of anything we create um, anything we develop, anything we have that we can package, we want to we want to give it away for free. So you think even back to like okay, the U version Bible app. Just a year later, two thousand seven, yep, yep. when that website launched, and then two thousand eight when it became a w app. And the question is, well, how much are we going to charge for the app? 
And the thought is, no, we're just, we're going to give it away for free. And so that, that, and that mantra of just what we have, if it can sow a seed into another church, into another ministry, into a believer, maybe a potential believer, we want to give that absolutely away for free. So that it, go, it kind of goes back to that 2006 model, but over the years, as we've created stuff, uh, I think about the church online platform, which I know we'll get to talk about that, you know, that's a product that we built for our house. We partnered with some other churches and then once it was ready, and that was one of the actual, one of the first projects I had when I came on the team was how do we make this and we give this away to the world? How to, and so packaging it up, making it to where it's not just an internal resource, but an external resource. And, uh, man, at, at what I love now, Brandon, is when I get to you think there's a team, right? We have a team called um, the Stewards Open Network, but it's not just a team that's worried about serving and thinking about serving other churches. What I love when I talk to a designer, when I talk to a content developer, when I talk to a filmmaker, when I talk to the next gen ministry leader, they know that, man, this resource, yes, will serve our house. But then on the other side of that, it's going to get to go out there and potentially serve another church to serve another ministry. And so they're thinking about the end user of the other church as well as life church. And that's what I absolutely love. It's so not just good. a team anymore. It's now, it's our culture. It's who we are. So I love it, man. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of a quick story um, and, and why I love the, the, this culture of your house so much uh, is that it's really impacted me personally. So the very, very first night, it was the, the conference team church conference of 2016. So you may have been there. Um, but that night when, Pastor Craig was teaching at our conference. That was the very first night God dropped the dream in my heart of what would end up becoming leading second. And, and I remember it, it was, it was a very, very powerful kind of moment for me where I know I knew I was going to have to do something, even though it wouldn't be about 18 months until we actually launched it. I just, it was the seed night for me. But wow. then it, uh, months, maybe almost a year later, we were talking about how we were going to do resources through Leading Second. And in full disclosure, I was going to charge for everything at the beginning. And and we had we had paid to develop some new courses that we were going to launch with and all this stuff. We were fundraising and I had my pricing structure worked out and all of it. And one day I was praying and I literally felt God tell me to give it away for free. And I was like, no, <laughs> like I just, I just put really good money into this. Uh, you know, I'd raise it, God. And, and I, I felt, and then what came back to me was your, was your church and your pastor and what he's taught over the years on it. And I just thought, um, okay, I'll give it all away. So every resource we do through leading second, we intend to do for free. And actually that comes out of some of that teaching and heart uh, that I heard from your pastor all those years. And then of course I brought the idea to my wife and she was like, Oh, I always wanted to give it away. You're the one that wanted to charge for it. You selfish, you know, anyway. So, uh, anyways, Man, thank uh, you for sharing that. That is, that is awesome. You know, uh, I, you hear it say that if something's going to be a value of yours, it's going to cost you something. Yeah. And oh, I think oftentimes where, 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 you, where it puts that test and it sounds like, man, generosity has probably always been a family yep. value of yours and just be, we want to be that kind of family yep. notice for us, but those moments where it's like, okay, are we going to live that value out? And, uh, man, I'm so honored the fact that our pastors get to pour into each other. Ministries get to pour in each other. That's so cool. So thank you for sharing that. Hey, let's talk about the the local church for a minute. You know, we're in a very unique season. What, and I just love to hear different leaders um, vantage point on this right now in this season. Uh, what do you see about the local church that's recalibrating right now? You know, I think we're all talking about that the game is changing and all that, but I just love to hear your perspective. What's, um, what's recalibrating that you see right now? Man, well, I think back to 
you know, 2020 now, I mean, we're, what we're six, seven weeks into 2021, man, we're rolling and going. But I think what, what 2020 did, what I loved seeing was churches that maybe had taken a step into, maybe had dreamed about it away and it forced our hand in some places. You know, I think back to churches that, that man, when the door shut, it caused us to maybe take big steps into things that we were, okay, we're going to look at it. Now we have to. And so I, what I loved hearing and seeing is that churches just fully stepped into, man, we want to keep reaching people. So if we're going to do that, we got to figure out whichever way method possible. And so we were honored the fact that we had a platform that was available for free and total God story to just even have it to a place last March where it was available to scale to the way yep. it was. But um, that's what I've seen churches where, man, we, we'll do anything. We'll, we'll figure, we have a value that says we will do anything short of sin to reach people that no one's reaching. And right. I, it was cool to see so many other churches kind of step into that and try new things, do new things, or go all in on a method to just, man, because they want to reach someone. They, 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 or they maybe they saw momentum. They think we cannot let this, whatever this pandemic to take and rob us of that. So what do we have to do? So it's cool to see a lot of churches just recalibrating on that. I know for us, the idea that so much of our stuff was digital or is digital and how we reach people. But I know that through, you know, to see churches recognizing, man, there's a lot of ways in which we weren't. I mean, even, even our own ministry recognizing that we do so much of it digital, but when the doors completely shut, we didn't have everything available and ready right. to truly do ministry. And obviously, man, we were eager to get the doors back open, eager to get our campuses reopened, still launching churches, still doing physical and digital. But it really gave us, oh my gosh, we there's some areas of our ministry, kind of our holistic ministry approach right. that we're not able to actually reach someone in that way unless they come into a physical. And we have to we have to readjust that. So it was cool to talk to churches that were all we're all walking through it together. So it didn't matter if you were leading the pack or behind, felt like you were behind. We all were like on a neutral right. playing ground. And so to see so many churches say, you know what, let's work together, even though maybe we had in the past or our leaders had saw it differently or our ministry structures are different. We're a different denomination. Hey, let's come together and let's work together to figure out how we do it. Maybe, maybe our approach is different, but we all are called to continue to reach people for Jesus. Totally, totally. And, and your church has certainly led the way in, in digital approach, which has inspired so many of us over the years, but you bring up an interesting tension and I want to flip flip the coin on you now here for a second, because there's some big conversations happening in church circles right now on things like, are we always going to be all digital? You know, am I, if I'm a pastor, am I going to spend the rest of my life talking to a camera now? Are physical gatherings dead? You know, you even hear, and we don't need to get into this, but you even hear, um, people saying, you know, we, we, you know, we, the church is people, not a building, you know, you know so, so the, you, you know, there's all this conversation going on. I think you and I though still believe, even with all the emphasis on digital, I think you and I still believe there's a place for physical gatherings. So maybe speak to that Absolutely. for a minute. And, and I, and I just want everyone to hear this through the lens. This is the church talking that has pioneered and led the way to digital ministry, but yet I think there's still a heart that you and I both have for physical gatherings. Can you speak to that? Yeah, first, absolutely. Uh, I do. Our leadership does. I think it was uh, modeled in our approach of just, hey, if, if, if we are truly called to reach the lost, the hurt, and the broken, and we believe, and we truly, and this is what I wrote, we, we still believe that the local church is the hope of the world, and we do. Yes. And what we have, the message of Jesus that we have, the hope of his, the redemption, the grace uh, the forgiveness, we believe in it. 
And if we believe in it, then we will do anything possible. And so, yeah, so I think back to, man, we were eager to get our buildings open as quick as possible because we know it wasn't just about, well, yeah, we love the thousands that we're getting to reach through digital, but we know there's still people that don't even know about us or their friends still want to invite them. And yep. though I think a digital invite is amazing and we love seeing the stories and, and I got a story I'd love to share with you about it, kind of a digital physical, but yeah, we are eager to open those up and we'll continue to be, I mean, even last year launching new locations that were kind of on the roadmap, they obviously got paused for a little bit, but we were just so excited uh, to partner with churches. We, we handled, I'll share a quick story about our Colorado Springs location because we had that on the roadmap and then physical, where could we actually meet as we open the doors? And so we got to partner with another local church wow. in the Colorado Springs area that said, Hey, you could use our building. We're reopening as well. And you could use it on Sunday mm. nights and we'll use it Sunday mornings. And it's so amazing to see and so thankful That's for awesome. churches and their pastor's heart. Like, hey, we're just here to reach the lost. So if this building can be used, since you guys can't find one right now because of the situations, uh, let's do this together. Uh, and obviously mindful of all, you know, all the the, the proper like local authorities and what the, doing it right, doing it safe. I mean, I think that's the main part is we want people to feel safe. And, yeah. I, and you know, the stories as we talk, as our campus teams were jumping on the phones, talking to everyone, you know, in our database of that, that calls Life Church, whatever campus their home, as we're making those phone calls, we want to make sure that people still feel like your church is still there for you. So even if you're not able to come, and even though our doors are open, we still want to be able to meet you where you are yep. at. And so that's what's been awesome is to see even innovation on local campuses of, yeah, we have our we have our online community, we have our local community, but then there's these people in between that are just wrestling with what they're able to do, what's what's makes sense for health purposes. And so yep. that's been another thing that just gets me excited about the local church is to see local leaders. I know for us, our staff even just like, it's almost like a rebirthing of why did I go into ministry in the first place? Mm. And it's been so cool, uh, Pastor Craig, even just calling us back to being church planters. So many of our staff, I mean, we just celebrated 25 years. So many of our staff weren't there 25 years ago when Life Church launched. Right. We've come right. throughout the, I know for me, I mean, just the last eight and a half years, but to draw us back to that church planting spirit. And uh, that's what's been absolutely amazing uh, because we believe not that our church is the solution is, but what the message of Jesus that we can deliver through the local church. And I believe, and we still believe, those are place for digital and there's an absolute place for physical. And that's where our minds are taking us now about where, how do we operate in, uh, in both, not just one Great. or the other. Great. I just wanted people to hear that because I agree with you. And um, I think it's creating a dumb dichotomy to, to make it about one or the other, you know, moving forward. Uh, hey, let me land the plane with you, I guess, and ask you this question. Um, just speaking on behalf of your team, the team there that works with local churches, what, what lessons should we be taking forward out of this season or, or what, what lessons would you hope leaders everywhere, leaders in the middle, you know, would take forward out of this season that we've been in? Hmm. It's a good question. I think first off is reminding yourself and your teams of the why we're going to do it. Because when there are things that maybe we're able to be not autopilot, but man, we got our systems down. We got our processes down. We do X, we see X return. I know for us, there's been a season of, man, it feels like we put a lot more in to maybe get a smaller return of attendance or engagement. Um, but for us, it's just keep going back to the, why do we even do this? Why yeah, do we even so do good. this? And, you know, I know for me, the reason why I do this is because of the lost person. That's to, we say to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. 
And just even on my own teams, which are more of the internal technology focus, why do we wake up and just why are we trying new things? Why are we trying new approaches? Yeah. It's all for that one. And so I know for us, just like keeping the stories front and center of, of life change that's happening, the uniqueness that, you know, we, of course, the data, of course, to see what's working, where's the momentum, where's God moving and breathing, and then let's follow that. And then, but are we willing to take those risks or those steps to try new things? So I know my, my the, I think that what I've seen, not just what my encouragement, but what I have seen from local leaders is that they're all going back to that kind of that original why, why am I here? And on, and to be honest, talking to some friends even that said, you know what, in this season, my wife and I or our family realized that that maybe this is not the right seat for us. And that's okay. Right. And that's absolutely okay. Right. And not that I'm encouraging anyone, but we all should be in an evaluation period of like, why yep. am I here? Why am I called to this? Totally. And if I can't draw back to that on the daily, and if I can't stand up and, and communicate from that place of calling and passion, then maybe yep. that's an evaluation you do of your own. But it's yep. so encouraging to see local leaders go back to that original why, uh, to see that scrappy innovativeness that comes when you're planting. And for those, the churches that has maybe been years since we've planted, um, to go back to even some of those roots. So that, that to yeah. me is, I think, how do we, how do we keep that moving forward? Right. Where we don't, we don't settle, we don't get comfortable, but we just keep re-upping that each and every year. And it doesn't take a pandemic to do it. Yeah, totally. It's a great answer. And I, I think that, um, that now's the season to deepen the well. I think that's how I feel mm. like I've been phrasing it in my own heart for myself is, um, we're going to be running at full speed again at some point in the future. So we're not always going to have the luxury of a season to really recalibrate some things. So now's the time to do that. Now's the time to get back to some stuff to deepen those wells. Um, couldn't agree with you more, man. Uh, let me ask you one more question. Um, what is it about the local church in this season that gives you hope? Like, what do you, what Man. do you just love and are hopeful for, uh, for the future of the local church? Um, it has been amazing to see churches unify even more. I think that's the part, mm -hmm. like local leaders, local pastors that, you know, they're, they're drawn back to the why they know why they're there and where maybe where differences or opinions maybe kept us from working well together in the past, just to see those drop and to say, yeah. man, if we're here just to reach, reach the, the lost people of our community, how can we do it better together? And so that's, what's been exciting. The calls that, that, that I get a chance to be on when I'm talking to local pastors. And when you hear that, like, that they're going back to that. And it's less about the programming or less about this new initiative, but it's more about, let me tell you about this weekend, a person that I met or a person that came in or, or that, you know, because like every invite, every new person that's walking through that door in this season, especially, man, you know, that it's not just as easy. Oh yeah. I've always gone to church this last year. What it right. taught us and what right. we've seen is that it gave you every reason not to come. Right. One, you just physically couldn't come. And then even if the doors <laughs> open, the digital, like people that are coming back, if you will, to church, like there's just something rich about that because the, the we know the barrier they had to overcome. And so yeah. just celebrating those and to hear when I talk to pastors, like, again, going back, I'll go back to that church planting spirit that they're, they know why they're here and they're rooted and grounded in that first than any type of other thing or platform or identity. So that's, that's what I, I, I truly believe that statement of the local church is the hope of the world. I truly believe it. It's not because the church is a building and we've said that before. It's not the church's walls, but it's the body of Christ that is united and yeah. it will do anything to reach them until we'll gather financial resources or prairies, whatever that is to meet the need of that community. So, yeah, 
I'm more hopeful well today. I'm more hopeful today. And I hope that if you're listening to this, that if you've maybe lost some of that hope or you're wondering that I just pray that, that God re-energizes you and that, that, that the words off his, his, off the page or the screen that you're reading, just have new life to them. Um, as you read about his word and, uh, his church. Well said, well said. And thank you today for, for speaking on behalf of your house and your, your team. I know you guys have a deep love uh, for the local church, a deep well in that. So thanks so much, Kyle. Appreciate you. Honored. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing about life church's heart for the big C capital C church. Uh, but we're only halfway done today. So if you got to pick this back up on your next computer, your next workout, do that. But for the second part of our episode today, uh, I had the opportunity to talk with some of the key team members at life church about their team culture. What makes their team special? You're going to hear me talk to a couple members of the team representing campus and central teams. I believe this is going to help you to look forward and lead forward in this season. Uh, so let's join part two of our conversation with the Life Church team. All right. Well, I'm so excited today to continue our conversation with the Life Church team. And I have a couple of the legends from the team. Uh, so I'm told. And uh, first of all, Sam, I'm so excited to have you joining us today. Uh, tell us a little bit about the role that you have on the on the team there. Absolutely. Well, Brandon, it's an honor to be here with you, man. Thank you for this opportunity. So thankful for it. Uh, I am the campus pastor at our Edmond, Oklahoma location, uh, which is also our broadcast location, uh, which basically means that from this campus, from this location, we broadcast the message to all of the other Life Church locations and uh, to Life Church Online as well. So I get to be the campus pastor here. And then I also get to be one of the Life Church Online pastors. Uh, which means that I get to host Life Church online from time to time and uh, help with the pastoral needs that takes place in our global community as well. I love it. I love that I'm talking to you. Of course, that that role is such an honor and and I'm sure is very particular given that it's also the broadcast location. So Pastor Craig, no doubt, cares about the campus. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, it's uh, it's unique in that way for sure that we do have our pastor here. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to to hearing from you on that today, and I'm so excited, Rachel, that you're joining us today uh, from a little bit more of a central uh, perspective. Yes, thank you so much for having both of us. It is truly an honor, and my role at Life Church is the central ministry leader of host team, and host team at Life Church is that first impression, the guest services team, the amazing volunteers that, that set the table each week at our church. And I work with a team of, of three total great leaders centrally that help just provide support, guidance, training, resources to our host team pastors at each location. And, and part of our role too is getting to partner with the campus pastors like Sam and lead the host team pastor collectively alongside the leadership of the campus pastor. That's great. I love it. And I, I've been to one of your locations before and you guys do a phenomenal job. Now, how long have each of you been on the team at Life Church? I'm coming up on 15 years later um, this year. Amazing. Amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. And I'm uh, coming up on 11 years this, uh, this September. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I thought you guys both had over, had over a decade at least there. So I'm, I just wanted everybody to hear that today. Uh, because first of all, to me, I think longevity is one of the things I respect most in ministry. Uh, you can't shortcut it. You can't buy it. And, and I appreciate leaders like, like both of you that have gone the distance and are leading strong, especially in light of, of the last 15 months and all the, that we as the collective church have 
have walked through. So I want to start with this question and let you both take a stab at it. What do you find most special about your house and then the culture of your team at Life Church? So I think the most special thing about our church and our house, um, honestly, it's the reason why I came here. So I grew up in Southern California in Los Angeles. Uh, I was bivocational pastor out there for some time. I uh, grew up in ministry. Uh, but then God was prompting my heart to do something different. And Liz and I, my wife and I, we just started exploring what that could be. And we'd been following Life Church uh, online for a while, started seeing the resources that they were giving away. And honestly, we loved all the aspects of the church, anything we could find out about the church, we would try to implement at the church that we were pastoring. But the thing that I love the most and the thing that really was what I believe God used to bring us to this house was the heart for people, the heart for lost people specifically. To think about when Pastor Craig started the church and the reason he started it um, so that people could come in just as they are. Yep. No matter how you looked on the outside, no matter what was your past, no matter what you did last night, that they could come into a place where they would feel loved and welcomed and embraced. And uh, that that mission, that passion uh, to reach lost people, that's what resonated uh, with us. And that's what brought us here. That's what keeps us here, honestly. It's that continued passion to reach every single person, regardless of uh, the color of their skin, regardless of their background, how they grew up, whether Beautiful. they grew up in church or not, uh, that they would be uh, embraced and welcomed into a place. And so that's, that's to me, that's my favorite thing about our church. So the thing that I love the most, the thing that just uh, every morning I wake up thinking that I get to be a part of uh, creating that for other people as well. So, and, and I love that you said, I get to be a part of this. Cause I think that's my deepest prayer for young leaders in ministry is to not just be somewhere because it's a job or a paycheck Man, we ought to wake up every day, first of all. Like, I get to spend my life in ministry today, first of all, and I get to be a part of this house. So I love that you said that. That's just my deepest prayer. I think that every leader finds their way to that place. Absolutely, man. It's, I mean, because you do either, either you wake up and you feel that and you believe that or go find the right place where you will wake up and feel that and believe yes. that, you know? Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. Okay, Rachel, same question for you. What you've... What do you find most special about the culture of your house? I should have gone first because <laughs> <laughs> um, like Sam, and that's probably why I just am drawn to serving in our host team at ministry, that guest experience, because for the same reason, I love that God started the church through Pastor Craig and Amy out of that heart of come as you are. And I love the feel when people walk in that it, it truly speaks to their heart of you matter. You are seen, you matter, and it doesn't matter yeah. what you did last night or what right. your past looks like or what you're walking through in this moment. Um, you can look around. You look like the people who are a part of our church. There's somebody you can relate to. And man, don't don't clean up your mess. Just bring it with you. We don't right. have baggage fees. So, so bring it <laughs> with you. And we're going to be on this journey together. That's great. And, and Rachel, I have another question for you. When, when as, as someone who leads the, the, the host team, obviously the guest experience matters deeply to you. What do you hope people walk away with thinking to themselves about their experience at church on a Saturday or Sunday? I want them 
to walk away feeling seen, feeling mm. a genuine connection, not not just a blanket hello or welcome, but I'm seen and I am welcome here. I can mm. bring everything with me. I don't have to wear a mask. I mm. don't have to have it together, but someone genuinely cared about me and everything I brought with me. So we really, really hope and we strive and encourage volunteers to make those personal connections that are unique. Um, Really be prayerful. What does God have for you while you're serving today? Who can you see and make an impact? That way, um, people are open to what God has for them because they feel like that guard can come down. The mask can, can be thrown away and they can be open to the specific message of truth that God has for each person. Beautiful. Beautiful. So well said. Okay. So back, back to the first question, but let's now talk about the team that you work on. You know, the team that you get to be a part of every single day. Uh, what do you find most special about the culture of your team? You know, um, I actually saw at my current location, I've been here just a little over seven months as the campus pastor oh, here. Wow. Before that, I was at a previous campus for eight years. Mm. And so led and developed the team there. And um, one thing that I love about my team now is that really, regardless of which location you go to, the culture is embedded so deeply into our people Mm. that I could come in and really, there are some nuances that are different about each team that you work with, the community that you're in, the demographics might be a little bit different. But the reality is, is that the culture is so similar that I can come in and just continue to lead. And so- We've got different ways that we experience and live out our culture. Um, and every leader is a little bit different, but the core of it is the same. So I jump in and I'm able to live out the core values of our team and lead my team to do that. Um, so I think that that's probably the, the one thing that I love about my team is that we have the culture in us and it really helps to be able to continue to lead and lead well when the team has the culture in it itself. Beautiful. Well said. And, and I want to come back to you, Sam, with this question I alluded to during the intro. I'm always interested in getting to talk with campus pastors who are at broadcast locations. Um, it doesn't make that location, of course, you know, any more important than than another location, of course. Uh, but there's uniqueness to it. And there, you when it comes to leading second, you know, most of the other campus pastors don't have the pastor maybe sitting right there, you know, his office right down the hall, you know, sort of a thing. Um, but, but you, you are leading with his eyes directly on your work and it matters to him greatly. And so leaders listening are going to find themselves in different versions of that scenario. So talk to us, you're seven months in now, uh, you're an expert, right? Uh, talk to us for a minute about what you're learning about leading in that very unique place with him. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll talk uh, in two ways. One with my team. So I have a staff that depending on seasons, it can be from 12 to 15 people of pastors on my staff that I directly lead. And one of the differences that you mentioned is the way that we lead the campus and the community, because Mm. not only are we the broadcast location, but we are also attached, physically attached to our central offices as well. And so I think the best way to describe it, you said it great, like it doesn't make our campus better or, you know, it just, it's different, but the 
the thing that I love about it is that we live out our values, like the values that we have in house. They're so important because we have to live those out, you know, on a consistent basis, no matter which campus you're at. But they really help when you're navigating through relationships with Central, mm. with the broadcast team, with Life Church Online. And so that's one thing that I love about my team is that they navigate those relationships and really steward those relationships really well. So that's kind of like the team side of things. Um, individually for myself, it's new for me to have Pastor Craig right there. Um, I will tell you like what you hear him talk about on the leadership podcast of empowering leaders, like he lives that out with me. Like he's not looking over my shoulder. He's not critiquing everything I do or say on stage. He'll give me feedback because we have a high feedback culture, but he's empowered me. When you ask him, I'm the pastor of this location. It's not him. And I'm just here to know I'm the pastor of Life Church Edmond. And he empowers me to lead in that way. So although proximity is there, uh, as far as like him, yep. you know, micromanaging, it just doesn't exist. It's not Great. part of who Great. we are as a as an organization. So um, if anything, I get a little more encouragement now that I'm here. Like he'll like speak into me and be like directly because now I'm here and proximity helps with that. So encouragement, mm. empowerment, he just really releases it. And then every so often I get the opportunity to see behind the scenes. You know, you see Craig up on the screen, you see behind the scenes. And the truth is, is he's the same guy. Like the integrity that we see is there. And yep. so then I get the privilege of watching that happen as well. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways of things that I've learned, even just being here. Great way to think about it too, that you, you know, you do get increased exposure to encouragement uh, as well. So, but let me ask you this. Uh, so you mentioned you have a high feedback culture, um, which I love. I don't know that everybody loves it. I love it. I've been taught to love it. I guess, let me say that. What do you say to yourself when you're receiving feedback? Like what, what do you, what do you, what do you tell yourself when feedback is coming your way so that you receive it in a healthy way? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like when you're part of the culture, especially for an extended amount of time, it's just, it becomes so automatic that there's not if you've got pride and you can't, like, you will not last. Like, <laughs> yep. you've got to put that pride down and be able to humble yourself and receive from anywhere, whether it's from up top or from my my team, my peers or my direct reports. Like, feedback is a gift. And that's early on, that's what I would have to tell myself. No, feedback yep. is a gift. Like, people are giving me something special and helping me become better. So earlier on, I would give myself that talk of like, no, they actually care yeah. about me. This is why yeah. they're telling me this. I think after being a part of the culture for so long, it just becomes automatic. You immediately yeah. fill the gap with trust and not suspicion. Yeah. Well, that that's another great way to look at it too, by the way, trust versus suspicion. But I, I love the way you phrase it. Feedback is a gift. Like, like if someone, that's someone's word for today. I feel that the next time you're getting high feedback, <laughs> tell yourself, this is a gift <laughs> I am receiving right now. This is not going to destroy me. <laughs> yep. And I, I'll tell you that just real quick, um, Craig models it for us. So mm. he'll ask for feedback as well after he preaches a message. And I, I'm invited to give that feedback. So it's modeled. Okay. So Rachel, back to you. I have maybe an opposite question for you. So Sam was just talking about leading, you know, at a, at a, at a broadcast, a central location. 
uh, I didn't know this till we got on the call today, but you actually live in Tulsa. So you, you, you live in a completely different part of the state, a completely different part of your church. Uh, and so I'm, I'm sure remote work after COVID's like, like a no brainer now, you know, obviously, but, but you've probably done that for a while. Uh, so talk to us about leading, you know, from a distance because you have to carry culture and carry some of that differently, not being at a central location, but maybe being somewhere more remote. Maybe talk to us about that for a minute. Yes. And it, it's been so fun to learn to navigate because I've been remote the whole time I've been in my current position. Um, and the rest of my team, we actually all three live in three different cities. Okay. And so just like Sam talked about earlier, how he's shifted from one location to being a pastor at a different location, there's still a culture that runs deep. And that is true being remote as well. And so what pastor Craig models really well, back to what Sam was just talking about is the the feedback and the empowerment. So he leads so well in trusting and empowering small groups of people to lead small groups of leaders and empowers them to lead small groups of leaders. And so I have a leader who has been empowered and mm. is right close to Craig as well. And he's empowered to lead me. So the culture runs deep because it's who we are. It's not words on a wall. So right. remotely we are still receiving that same um, message, culture, and encouragement. And it's modeled to us through span of care. And we mm. get to do that with other people. And so it it is unique over, over video, but we just have been modeled how to create that span of care. So it might just be more frequent touch points. It may be mm. checking in a little more often. Um, it may be getting together um, team meetings more frequently. But it, it definitely is still the same that Pastor Sam gets right there next to Craig. It's about being empowered and I'm trusted Great. to lead. Great. Well said. Uh, and so let me ask you this, and either one of you can jump in on this one. You both know you both lead second in, in your respective areas. When you walk into a room, when I walk into a room, we represent our pastors in some way, shape or form. And so being a culture carrier matters greatly. You know, I, I've just, this has just been taught to me over the years. You know, the, the way you walk into a room matters, the way you speak to others, you know, matters. If I would have shown up late for our zoom call today, that would have communicated something to the two of you about our, the culture of our house and my pastor, you know, we can go on and on. So let me just open this up for you guys to share from your hearts for a minute. What does being a culture carrier mean to you? And when you're walking into that room to represent your pastor, what are you telling yourself, you know, to, in order to effectively represent your pastor in the culture of the house in that moment? That's real good. I think, um, so one thing we talk about, even as campus pastors is our visual voice and, you know, God mm. looks at the heart, you know, man looks at the outward appearance. Well, we deal with man, we deal with people, we, right? You know, we're constantly exposing to people. So people make snap judgments in how you present yourself. So I think that's a real big, big point. I think about what I look like. I think about what I'm wearing. I think about if I'm groomed because I am not only am I representing Pastor Craig Rochelle, but I'm also representing my church, the church, and ultimately, you know, scripture apostles like imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, right. Right. I'm, I'm going to represent Christ. And so 
I think even with our pastor, like when we see him and the integrity that he leads with, like I want, I'm inspired to be that way. And so when I do walk into a room, I am thinking I'm representing my pastor right now. I'm representing my church. Ultimately I'm representing Christ. And so our visual voice matters. It's important because we're human and we make snap judgments of people and how they present themselves. So that's just one aspect of that. Visual voice. I love it. Especially coming out of quarantine. I got to work on my visual voice. Sweatpants and no shower ain't going to cut it in 2022. <laughs> That's awesome. Or it might. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe the world's changed. You never know. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rachel, anything to add on that? Yeah. I love this question because the proximity for Pastor Sam to Pastor Craig just looks so differently than it does me. <laughs> yeah. Like we talked about yeah. being, you know, remote, um, living in a different, in a different city. And so I think about, like we've mentioned multiple times, how Pastor Craig lives a life of integrity. He is the same person mm. off stage that he is on. And so a lot of times I get to connect with outside churches or organizations in my role. I'm also mm leading host team pastors remotely. And so I think about the way Pastor Craig leads with integrity, and I want people to see that in me. So he models that with the way he connects with people, the care, the clarity, um, the collaboration that's offered. He so um, leads the way with generosity in, in time and in resources. So as I connect with outside organizations or people on our team, I do think about am I offering care? Am I connecting promptly and personally? And am I being generous with time and resources Mm -hmm. and ideas? And I also get to help really be involved in the hiring process. And so I think Mm -hmm. being a culture carrier, it starts there. And that's a way I can really contribute on the team because we are always looking for diversity. And that means in thought and in background and leadership and, and life experience, And there are certain attributes and qualities and traits and different thinking that are consistent with the culture or that has, they've helped um, be proven to be a good fit in our culture. So I get to help um, really on the front end of the hiring process. Right. Man, I could, I could talk to you just about that because that's probably one of the number one ways that we create culture is right people on the bus. And, and so many times we're fixing culture problems that, that stem from that very moment that you're leading right there. No doubt. Uh, you know, actually just to Rachel's point, um, she talked a little bit earlier about the collaboration that takes place between central team leaders and campus pastors, how we collectively help our team members grow. And that's part of it is as a campus pastor, not only am I a a carrier of our culture, but I'm a guardian of the culture as well. Mm. And so correcting things, because sometimes, you know, culture drifts or it'll leak. And so sometimes we do need to correct those things. Me seeing those things in advance before they become a problem uh, and then having the eyes, because many times Rachel or another team leader will see things as well with my hosting pastor. And so then Mm. as we connect, as we're collaborating we can address cultural drifts a lot sooner than when they become a big, big problem. So yeah, to your point, like the collaboration is really important to maintain that culture. Mm. Well said, well said, Sam. Okay. Let's get a little bit vulnerable for a second. Have either of you had a time you can remember 
where you just really messed up being a culture carrier. <laughs> like you got it wrong or stubbed your toe in some way on this. You want to fess up, Rachel? I'll just say yes before <laughs> Sam throws me under the bus. Because <laughs> he's probably gotten to clean up some of those uh, for me a couple of times. But for sure, and it's it honestly for me personally, and I, I believe this is out of just my natural personality and makeup, where I have the biggest missteps are when I don't address something that I see out of culture mm. because it it doesn't feel good sometimes to give feedback or I'm I'm letting my emotion yep. be the driver instead of the culture, the mission. Um, what we get to do is so important, but at times I'll put my feelings above mm. that and avoid that conversation or maybe it'll fix itself. And so I think the biggest misstep for me is just avoiding addressing the cultural drift when I see it early on. Cause like pastor Sam said, then we have to clean up a bigger mess because we didn't step into the heart at the front end of it. Was there a moment where that, cause I, I hear you on that. And I know so many just heard you loud and clear. Is there a moment where that came to a head for you where you realize I've got to change that about myself? Yes. And I, it was a pivotal moment in thought process when a leader, one of our directional leaders just called it what it was and said, you're putting yourself above the mission. Nobody ever thinks that they do, especially when you're wow. in ministry um, and you're in it for a, a long time, that longevity, you think, man, I am here for the mission. We get to do this. But the minute that they help me see, no, you're putting yourself because you want to mm. avoid the conflict or the feeling, Ooh. then you are actually putting yourself in front of the mission. That was pivotal for me. And that was the time where it, I thought, I can't wait for these conversations to feel better because I know that about me. They won't feel mm. better, but they're too important. They have, I have to get better before it feels better. It's too important. Rachel, that is probably the best single description I've ever heard of that in my entire life. I am by not confronting it. I'm putting my feelings. I'm putting me above the mission that I've never heard it described better than that. That is so true. <laughs> it hits right between the eyes. <laughs> it was a painful day, but it, it was a good Oof. shift for me. I think it's like, to your point, Rachel, I think all of us have that moment where we're just like, oh man, I am putting myself before what's the most important thing, why I'm here. And for me, it happened, mm. um, I, my background, like I, family is so important to me. It's a value of mine. Family is important. And so at one point, I'll give you a real specific example. At one point, I was leading my team to be like a family. Like I wanted everybody to feel like family. So I was doing things to create that family environment with that being the goal to feel like family. And when you try to lead a team that way, what ends up happening is families are dysfunctional. And there's all of us have dysfunctional people in our family, right? And so what I didn't recognize was this deep core value of mine. I was trying to lead my team to have this goal of feeling like family and in the process, creating a ton of dysfunction on my team when really mm. it took 
it's funny how like our DLT speaks into the, our DLT is our directional leadership team. And uh, he, one of my, our DLT told me, he's like, Sam, that shouldn't be the goal. Like the goal should be to be a team, like lead your team mm-hmm. to be one team. And the byproduct will, it'll be, it'll feel like family, but you're, you've got the wrong goal in mind. And again, it's almost like that smack in the face of like, I'm putting this core value of mine, trying to project it onto my team when the reality is the mission is the most important thing. We are one team. And guess what? We do, we do that. We lead that way. Now it feels like family, but that wasn't the main goal. The goal is we're one team. So that was a big moment for me to just recognize, man, we do put ourselves above the mission from time to time. That makes so much sense. I'm so glad you said that. I mean, Jesus taught us make the tree good and the fruit will be good. And I was just using that on a coaching call this morning that sometimes we focus on the fruit or the outcome when we really just need to focus on the root system, you know, and, and focus on the inside and that the fruit will take care of itself in a, in a healthy culture. Um, very, very well said. Uh, you know, I always say people come to podcasts for snacks and not meals, you know, uh, and yet I'm guilty of like hour long episodes here of like serving up a buffet, even though people came here for a snack today. So, uh, we'll probably land the plane in a minute, but I do have one more question I want to ask both of you and give you a chance to weigh in on. Uh, and that's this, because I know that, um, this is the leading second podcast, but I, I know we have plenty of lead pastors who listen in from time to time. Certainly when we talk about teams that are special, you know, like yours. So let me ask you this. Um, what is something important that your pastor has done for each of you, you know, personally or indirectly that, that really helps you to be a culture carrier? Is there something that, that, that he has done in particular that, that, that empowers you in some way or helps you in some way? For me, watching Pastor Craig lead with such vulnerability and transparency has been key because it's set the stage for us all to realize that failing forward, it's not just a, it's just not a phrase. It's not um, just words we say, it's truly allowed to happen. We can fail forward and we can talk about it and we can talk about the missteps. And if we don't do that, that's when we don't grow, we don't get better. And so for me, Pastor Craig modeling that in his life and in his leadership, it's just given the safety and the freedom to do that and to allow others and create the environment and space that allows others to do that. It's been huge for me as a leader, especially a young leader coming in at 23, who every day was mm. a misstep. Uh, it's, it's been good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I feel that one. <laughs> I was that, that guy too. Uh, Sam. Man. Um, hate to kind of sound like an echo, but really honestly, like watching Pastor Craig's example, not just in ministry, but just as a man, as a husband, Mm. as a father, um, as a campus pastor, I do get the privilege of spending more time with him and seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff and um, the integrity that's there, man. It's, It's inspiring. I will tell you the one thing that he did a few years back that really shifted a lot within me was if you just look at Pastor Craig, you know, he's healthy, you know, he's strong, 
like he takes care of his body. Right. Right. And right. at one campus pastor quarterly meeting, he talked to us about that. And he talked to us about our temple, the temple of the Holy spirit in our body and our physical health and how that changes the longevity of our ministry. And that was a game changer for me. I'd up to that point, just kind of ate what I wanted, exercised every so often. But man, when I started taking that seriously, when I started seeing my physical strength and health as a tool for my longevity and ministry, it changed the game for me. And, um, and I'm definitely not where I would love to be, but I'm not where I used to be. I'm healthier. I'm stronger. I feel better. I feel like I'm aging backwards. Like, and that's impacted every aspect of my life, my marriage, my ministry, like the confidence that I have when I feel good and I look good. And that's something that, that I, I don't know that a lot of people would know about, but it's something that he inspired me to take on and it's changed me, man. It's amazing how the smallest act of, uh, of discipline can change every area of your life. You know, I, I've heard it said, even if you lack discipline, just, just wake up every morning and make your bed. You know, that, that one simple act, uh, can change your life. And, and Sam, I appreciate you testifying to the fact that you got abs now and you didn't have abs before we, it's going to be per- perfect going into summer. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, Hey, I've loved talking with both of you today. I just have to honor your house again. Um, it's, it, it's, if, if nothing else, it's changed my life in, in some very pivotal moments. And, um, I, I so respect what you both are building so thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for what you bring to your team. Uh, no doubt you're making a difference, uh, not just in your respective cities, but you're making a difference around the world. And we're grateful for both of you. Thank you, Brandon. Really appreciate the opportunity and praying blessings over your ministry. Thank you so much. The feeling is mutual and so excited for what, for what you're doing and, and proud of the ministry work you're doing too. So thank you for today. Absolutely. I have one more question and then we'll, we'll end on this. Um, what is your greatest prayer for the local church in this season? It's so unique right now. I'll, I'll, I'll let you both answer, uh, greatest prayer for the local church in this season. For me, it truly, um, this season is unique and I, we believe so much that the local church, it is the hope of the world. Um, she is strong. And so my prayer is that, as people run to the church, like I believe they will, that we steward that well. Mm. And we, we steward the hurt mm. and the pain um, that will run to the church. And it's a great responsibility. Um, so my, my greatest prayer truly is God, let us get out of the way, but give us the wisdom to steward the responsibility ahead. Mm. so good um i think for me right now i get to talk to a lot of pastors uh, all over the world and um we too are experiencing pain and Mm. coming out of a pandemic and figuring stuff out and my greatest prayer for the church is strong and healthy pastors who recognize the pain that they feel but are able to lead themselves through it and experience the power of the Holy Spirit in and through their own lives so that we can do exactly what Rachel just talked about, be good stewards 
of the people that are God is entrusting us to help lead through their hurt and their pain. So healthy, strong pastors and leaders in the church to lead mm. in the season, man. It's so important. Mm. Why'd you guys have to put my favorite moment of the podcast right at the end? <laughs> I loved it. What a, what a holy, beautiful moment way to say it. And um, we're going to leave it there today. Thanks guys so much. L- love you. Thanks for your time today. God bless. Thank you. Well, Leading Second, we love you. So thankful to be walking with you in this season. I pray that this conversation has helped you and blessed you in some way. Hey, however, you're listening to this today, watching this today, hit the subscribe button. Plan to join us every Thursday morning with a new conversation for all of us that lead from the middle. We have a few more left before we take a summer break. I pray this helps you and fuels you in this season. So Leading Second, we love you. Until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. information, check out leadingsecond.com. Follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.